Holy shit, that started fast. Out there. Welcome to Zero Reserve. This is uh, Triple H and the Mongoose bringing you some hot action. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> the first. This is the Zero with episode of Zero Reserve. Wait, is this music going to go on for literally the entire time, or? <laughs> on a snowy, cold Saturday, February 1st, in Roseville, oh. Minnesota. You fucked it up already, What? Bob. What? <laughs> Triple H just said the mongoose. <laughs> you were supposed to, like, go into it announcing, Dude. like, it was the world Saturday, but Fuck then. It. You Fuck it. it. Okay. Fuck it. And then at the end, what? And then you, you guys, do you have that record? Do you have that like rewind sound? Let we're here. Let's just do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Play ball. Let's do oh, it live. Shit, I gotta cancel it. Okay. Fuck it. Do it live. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is our world's episode. Our first episode, right? Ever. Our zeroth episode. Oh, not the zero. Saying. The zero it's episode. It's the zeroth well. episode. Hopefully, this is the first one people will ever actually listen to, even though it's not. Am I the only one that remembers that we actually recorded a zero episode? No, I, I'm just, I do. I'm repressing I that memory. No, that was Dad making us. Dad forced us to do that episode. <laughs> Look, Dad is dead. <laughs> okay. I thought, you? That was when Alex Black tried to make us use outlines and exactly, shit. yeah, bull, bunch of bullshit. Goddamn professionalism! Yeah. Get that shit out of here. I mean, we hell, we were, Alejandro even made us on time. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, how's that? <laughs> wow. How's that Hardee's, by the way? <laughs> fucking delish. <laughs> you degenerate buying quesadillas. Yeah, was the quesadilla the highlight of the meal? Yeah, it's up there. It's fantastic. Let's talk about worlds. People. Yeah, let's start with uh, prep, right? Yeah, let's start. Let's start with. Let's start with. Let's start with you, Groth. Where the fuck were you? Yeah, what the fuck? <sighs> what the fuck did you my, have going on? My wife got selfish. My wife got selfish and got pregnant. Oh. And, what? And uh, I was stuck that's, in a labor is, delivery room. That is so you know? fucking Alicia. If I've ever heard, right? You that know? is so <laughs> Jesus. You know what else is so? Uh, she'll never so hear this. Yeah, you know, exactly. She'll never know this happened. Uh, yeah. Also, so Alicia, she said I couldn't go to Worlds. Like, come on, man. Like, well, it's just my third kid. Sec. It's just my third kid. Like, seriously. Look, world, look, Thrones will only ever die one time. I mean, you're That's probably right. have like five more kids. You can have kids all fucking day, every day, if you want. Hey, guys, the irony is this. I've never been to Worlds for, for Thrones, and I've tried three t- different times. Last year, Army got in the way. Year before, something happened, I can't remember. And this year, FFG's like, hey, guess what, guys? No longer November. Let's move it to February. Uh, Just so it. happens. Dun, let's dun, move dun. it specifically to when Grant's literally my child son, yeah literally my born. son needed born yep so uh i was stuck thanks in Ryder. yeah <laughs> thanks a lot Ryan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you have any idea how many more sets i could have gotten with one more swag mule of aaron Grotz exactly. caliber exactly you know how many people would have gave me it just because i'm a I nice know. guy oh he's he's like, here you go yeah I like oh, congratulations on your kid. Here's some fucking packs. Exactly. <laughs> you could have milked the shit out of the fact that you were missing the birth of your son 
to be at Worlds. Absolutely. Would have been melee tables? I'd yeah. be like, hey, you guys know I'm uh, I'm missing my son's birth for this, right? So yeah. World uh, gonna... Melee Champion Aaron Groth. Congratulations yeah, on the birth of your son. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that can was we... where I was at. Uh, so let's talk about my uh, – stop talking about my downer. How was your downer? <laughs> your downer? <laughs> actually everything went well guys healthy baby couldn't have uh couldn't have asked for a better uh delivery um especially at army hospital you never know what that place right but um i mean everything went great uh, i'm not sad that i missed worlds so yeah man congrats and and uh and thank you for committing to the bit yep absolutely <laughs> guys uh, yeah I will be your mule for anything. Ask CT. Hey, CT, you need a refill? Yeah, dog. <laughs> I need you to bring it out here. Today, you're going to be our zero snow. reserve host mule yeah. as, you, as you mule the content out to all the listeners. I will ask the pertinent questions, guys. That's my role here. They will tell you, regale you of all their good stories of making the cut and going to the final table. Alex Black, congrats, by the way. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> But yeah, before so I guess we we're get done because now everybody knows what happens. I know, right? But before we get there, how did this start? Alex Black, would you like to tell us about how you got this all going here? You had a great idea that I really wanted to go. Sure, yeah. Uh, so um, testing houses are really fun, A. <laughs> uh, B, last official FFG Worlds. And, and frankly, I don't ever see myself getting deeply into another card game. So it felt like maybe this was the last opportunity to do something like that. Um, the last time we did it was sort of marred by uh, a certain person that we won't we won't be bringing up, uh, <laughs> drinking way too much. But no, honestly, like it's just they're really fun. Um, if people can set the time aside to 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 do something like this i highly recommend it and uh i just threw it out there i was like hey let's like how many of us are available to meet up the week before and just do some hardcore testing um just kind of like lock ourselves into the you know minnesota winter and uh see what comes out on the other side and um you know i also really wanted an opportunity to try and uh prepare for a big event like this with alejandro um we've worked together uh whether it would be on the wars to come or for uh on team usa for the world cup and um so i just you know i kind of went to ct and jess and everybody else on the on our uh build group and and just said hey would it be okay if we brought brad alejandro along um yeah i, I mean, was against uh, it from the start from the very beginning ct and alejandro they uh they don't they like really dislike each other yeah. don't yeah, don't yeah. yeah yeah they'll uh, put them in the same room yeah mongooses are very dangerous yeah i heard ct had to shout through the bathroom on his moves against alejandro because alejandro wouldn't allow him at the table is that true Alejandro? yeah they basically played their games uh with the door dividing the two of them two of them yep mm-hmm. well lucky yeah. for us alejandro's room at the airbnb actually locked from the outside so we made <laughs> maneuver alejandro into his bedroom and then lock him in here for hours <laughs> But perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. That's not untrue. Yeah, it's not. It's not it isn't. That isn't untrue. That is a true fact. That is a factual. That is an actual factual fact. It's like, oh, CT's gonna take a shower. He's like, do you need to get out of here before I take a shower? He's like, no, you're fine. You're fine. Right. When is CT gonna start this shower? It's been like 30 minutes. I haven't heard. Jim. <laughs> 
I mean, oh, thankfully, I there's no shower going. The door's still locked. <laughs> thankfully, Alejandro's bedroom was a whole ass apartment, so he would have been fine. Yeah, he was. Uh, fine. <laughs> he was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was all fine here. No, but. Uh, <laughs> How are you? Yeah, so we so we we asked around, and and obviously it's a big it's a big ask for people to take a whole week off of work um, for a card game tournament. So unsurprisingly, there weren't a lot of people who were able to. Um, but CT, Jess, myself, Kevin Austin, um, who are all uh, part of our our build our build group and have been for a long time, we're all available to. And we just figured uh, we could, you know, we wanted we knew we wanted to add, add Alejandro, and we figured um, we really would like to get an even number that way. We could have you know as many games going as as possible, and I think CT was the one who suggested we ask Tom McKenzie if he wanted to come, and uh, Tom was more than more than willing, and so he was a welcome addition to the group. Um, that's kind of how it got organized. Um, it's just too bad we had to scrape the bottom people. of the barrel just to get Tom McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're but talking it, about. At least at least he he'll, you know he'll play some games. He's an did he guy. have pants? Did he wear pants? He didn't wear pants no. one goddamn I mean, time. Yeah. He, he didn't, didn't even not wear, wear pants. No coat. Didn't even wear a coat. Yeah. True there vampire. Was, there was literally people outside the Applebee's or wherever it was that we ate one night that like me chilies. and Tom McKenzie are both walking with chilies. chilies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We both we both are wearing shorts, but like I've got chilies. my like jacket on and, and some guys just like, look at that fucking idiot. He's not wearing pants. And Tom McKenzie <laughs> just like looks at me. Also, just wearing shorts, but like I got a jacket on, so I'm immune to the cries of the hecklers. <laughs> and they're just like they're just like railing fucking Tom about not having his shorts on because he doesn't have a coat on. It was the weirdest like psycho- psychological experiment imaginable. Did anybody <laughs> tell TT that they were also making fun of him? No, 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 no. They specifically they specifically said, "Look at that dumb fuck Tom McKenzie and his dumb fuck no pants looking face. Look at him." I'm sure there was a you big dumb bastard with CT right there too. <laughs> oh yeah, turned right to Tom McKenzie. <laughs> oh, I, I got a good big. I got a I got a good dumb bastard in on the weekend. It was not that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think everybody got in on Saturday. Um, various times, few of us flying in. Uh, CT, Jess, and Tom drove in. Uh, and there was a whole debacle with the rental car that we don't really need to go into. Um, but basically, uh, once we were all settled in Saturday night, we we uh, we decided, uh, you know, right away, we sort of but, uh, before, I guess, to go back a little bit to the previous week. Um, Alejandro and I got on Skype uh, or whatever it was, Facebook chat. I don't remember what it was. Um, but, uh, and we had a pretty extensive conversation just trying to establish like what we thought the meta looked like, what, uh, we thought the pillars of the format were. Um, and then we went through and sort of refined, um, and trimmed the fat on, on sort of meta established decks so that we'd have a gauntlet going into this, this testing session. So we, we know, you know, if we're brewing something that we need, we need it to be able to have decent matchups against at least a portion of this field. Otherwise it's really not worth um, spending a whole lot of time on. So uh, I mean, right away, Saturday night, we just started crushing games. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know if uh, anybody else wants to speak to the experience to the, it's an in-house testing experience, but there's definitely a lot more there. Well, I'm I'm sure uh, you guys being on, you said on the world's team, the world cup team or whatever, 
I'm sure a lot of this was hashed out previous, right? We definitely uh, took a lot of a lot of lists like for the gauntlet from Worlds list, um, but that's not really where this came about. I mean, you know, that that we had worked together on that definitely influenced it, but um, th- there wasn't a lot of like a ton of overlap. I don't think. Okay. All no, right. no. I mean, it was just I think you know we've all we've all worked together uh, not necessarily as a team but as a like a podcasting group for a while, so. Uh, there was kind of this sense of, oh, it'd be really nice to build with each other, um, you know, one time before, you know, before potentially the last tournament. But, uh, you know, more on that, obviously, definitely not going to be the last tournament. I think that was one of the big positive takeaways from from the weekend uh, for a lot of people, including myself, who went in not really knowing if this would be their last tournament or not. Um, but that was kind of the impetus for at least me reaching out to Alondra and being like, Hey, let's, let's do this together because we may not get another opportunity. Um, so, uh, and the rest kind of just like, I don't know, it kind of fell into place. It was like, we, um, got an Airbnb pretty late in the game. Um, but like, you know, thankfully middle of winter in in Minnesota, <laughs> things were not very expensive or hard to find. <laughs> um, so yeah. But yeah. I mean, as far as the process, like, you know, we identified pretty quickly that uh, there were really two decks, two got like two mainstay format decks that we wanted to focus on, and that was Targasia Blood and Lane Shadows. Um, they just seemed like they had the most powerful things going on, and and they were they didn't they had the the smallest holes um, in the metagame. So, and one of the ways that we tried to uh, sort of sort of uh visualize this was um we actually ended up buying a whiteboard and and sort of using that to track like game data um and that i think helped give people a good visualization of 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 you know what decks were performing well like where they weren't performing well i don't know what did you guys think of the of the the whiteboard yeah the whiteboard worked out really well um it it it, it was funny, you know, we noted after a few days, like there were some decks that uh, when you take the data that's on the whiteboard, didn't didn't look like, I mean, they look good, but they weren't st- stars like we thought they were. And then you kind of think about it and we're like, well, we deleted like eight decks from this board because they just absolutely got destroyed by either Targ of Blood or Landy Shadows. Right. Uh, and, and so th- that was good to, to be able to eliminate decks just, just based on that. So you guys started with that, those two on the top, and then filled in from there. I, think I mean, I guess we can get detailed. Been. We can we can yeah, get nitty gritty. I mean, we started. Yeah, well, our, I think our people are going to want to know your guys' thought process in this because sure. I know a yeah. lot of you know not so much competitive but people who might want to be competitive or middle ground. They like to hear this stuff. So yeah, so we figured the meta had, I think six pillars. Maybe it was only five, but uh, Targsy of Blood. Uh, Brathian Cohor, um, Lanny Shadows, uh, and then Night's Watch, Billion Steel, and Start Crossing. I think were the other two that we yes. kind of had. And then we had some like maybe Targ Valyrian Steel, but uh, definitely less of a pillar. So those five were sort of like the pillars um, that we wanted to compare anything, anything that we were building uh, up against that. Um, so. Basically, we set aside the first two full days of testing, Sunday and Monday, to 
experiment. Um, obviously, you know, five or six days or whatever it was, isn't a really a large amount of time. Um, usually, but when you're hyper dedicated to testing, like basically like the entire day, it actually, it does end up being quite a bit of time. Um, and we explored lots of different decks. Uh, we, we played, you know, Baratheon, Hollow Hill, the, the Hano list. We played, yeah. um, some Conclave decks. We played, we played, Greyjoy, we, played, we Free played Free Folk. We played a few different Stark variants. Um, and eventually the, the closest we came to playing an off meta deck, I guess you could say, uh, would be Night's Watch Kraken. Um, the, the first five games we played against Targsia Blood, it won. And the first like five or six games it played it against um, Barra Cohor. Or no, was it Laney Shadows? It was Laney Shadows. No, it was, no, it was Barra Cohor. It was Barra Cohor. Against Barra Cohor, it also won like all but one game. So it started like nine and one in our testing. We thought, okay, maybe we have a real, a real thing here. But uh, it immediately was revealed to have a... P- pretty poor matchup against star crossing um the existence of things like passing the black gate uh were just like really hard to overcome it also really struggled against the decks that have a agenda that literally says make three gold every turn um in the valyrian steel decks yeah. uh, we were unsure how much of the meta would be valyrian steel it turned out to not be that prevalent but um it was definitely a concern to have a bad matchup in those and then also the Lanny shadows uh, against Lanny Shadows. So I'm um, not saying we had the perfect list, um, but it, well, we had an exciting variant that we tried for a while. And ultimately it just, it had too many holes for us to devote a, a, an extended amount of time to it. So I would say <laughs> we, I think we went to bed Sunday night, excited about Night's Watch Kraken. And by, by lunchtime on Monday, we, we all knew the deck was, was dead for us. So yeah, it kind of fell flat pretty quickly. Um, but but there was some really exciting times. Uh, what was it Sunday night that we're like, whoa, did we do it? Is this uh, right. is yeah. this happening? Yeah, forty three dudes on a mat. We just <laughs> like we couldn't figure out why we had forty three characters in this deck, fun. but it just felt right. <laughs> felt so good. Like like um, I know I know like most of my games I got in with the Night's Watch Kraken was like middle of the night with Tom McKenzie and he'd just be like throwing the Stark decks at it and it'd just be like 11 dudes on his side of the board and then there'd be like 18 guys on my side of the board and like nobody can reset and it's just like cool all my one strength Night's Watch guys are are keeping this Stark deck at bay from winning challenges <laughs> like that was a, that was an interesting dynamic we didn't touch on so uh, we all sort of came together and I you know with wildly different sleep schedules. I mean, CT is working nights right now. Um, a few of us are working like early days. Some of uh, a couple of us, I think work like later in the day. Um, and then not to mention like three different or at least two different, if not three different time zones um, sort of all coming together. So there was a huge element of like, we would go to sleep. I, I like Kevin and I and, and, and Jess and eventually Alejandro would go to sleep uh, you know, having given CT and Tom like the most recent update of whatever deck we were working on. And then in the morning we would wake up sort of excitedly to try to figure out what was figured out overnight. Um, sometimes change. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes the news wasn't great, but, um, but I mean, it was really interesting sort of as we all sort of adjusted to the same schedule by the end of the week. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like obviously, 
a lot of uh, sort of focus testing was was one big reason to do what we did. But there was a, a huge amount of camaraderie too that you really can't you really can't get anywhere else. Uh, or you know, it's hard to get from doing anything doing it any other way. Um, yeah, so. there's the intangibles right there you can't explain until, unless you're there experiencing it. So, was your guys' goal with this testing uh, eventually to get to that one deck? How should you go about this type of testing? In your sure, yeah. Dave? I mean, really, this was one of the places where, uh, and if anybody else feels strongly about this question, feel free to stop me. But, um, stop. Where the? <laughs> All right, done. <laughs> Just kidding. Keep going. Okay. Oh, God, uh, <laughs> uh this is one of the things this is one of the places where the whiteboard actually really helped us because it just like kind of let us see like okay we haven't played enough games in this matchup to really know to really feel good about whether or not this is a good matchup or, for this deck or not so we wanted to sort of like put our flag on every matchup of the pill of the main pillars um so once we had aggregated enough data you know, then we could stand back and sort of look at it and say, well, you know, uh, like Targsia Blood has won 11 of 17 games against Barracohor, and it's won like nine straight games against Stark Crossing, and it's won five out of seven games against Stark Fealty, and it's won nine out of eight games against Night's Watch Valyrian Steel, and it's won 10 out, out of 13 of against Targ Valyrian Steel. You know, just say it nine out of eight games against Valerian. <laughs> sorry, sorry, nine out of ten. Uh, you know, Damn, this then, deck is good. And then, and then, it got and a then free you know, win. and then uh, it's also you know, and then it's bad matchup. Lanny Shadows. It's only one. It's one nine out of twenty three games or whatever it ended up being. So, you know, so it kind of let us know, like, well, this deck seems like it really only has one weakness of the main decks, and that and that kind of guided us to be you know, in a position where, well, we should focus on, on this deck, you yeah, know, Laney shadows. Touch- what's that? Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that Laney shadows was like I said, the other deck that we were focusing on, mm-hmm. but there's an interesting wrinkle there in that. I think the Laney shadows deck, um, there are like quite a few more moving parts. And I, as it became later in the, as later in the week, um, happened, uh, it just seemed like we didn't have enough time for everyone to become super comfortable with Laney shadows. So, I mean, yes, the, the goal was for us as a group to come to a consensus, like this is the correct deck that we should play. But I mean, it was by no means like play the deck or, or, or go out into the snow and die. Um, uh, you know, like, like Alejandro (laughs) said, uh, Tom, Tom was very much leaning Laney shadows for, a good portion of the week. Um, yeah, I think you can preface you know. it by saying like we all kind of figured like like if we weren't doing the testing house, I think you can say we were each walking into worlds expecting to play Targsea other than Tom, who was expecting to play Lanny Shadows. So we had a really strong foundation to begin with. Right. Yeah, I will say that I was I was definitely split between Barracohor and Targsea. Um and it wasn't until like I think it was the first day of testing. It was like let's <laughs> let's try this matchup. Like that first day was bear- such a sobering experience for you. Yeah, yeah. I was like I think I think my bear cohort deck can actually take this down, and it was not accurate at all. Like well, the very first thing we did um, was we replaced a plot. We replaced maybe first Snow Winter or Valor Doharis in the Targ C deck with Valor Morgulis. 
No, and so it was it was my list. So it never had either one of those. It had a second return of the field and it had a close call. Okay, we're, so we we place. changed the plot. So one of the very first things we did with the Tarxia Blood deck was we readjusted the plot line. Plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there were, and it made a huge difference, right? We took out a second return. We took out the close call. We put in a Valor Morghulis and we put in a March to the Wall. Yeah. So like we just we went like kind of you know old school control plot line, um, like never been to Worlds and not had both of those plots in my deck i don't think to be honest um like maybe the hyper viper year i didn't play march to the wall but it's just like and then we we said like well what are what is barracoa doing turn one against us like what is what is the what is the like level zero play for them it's opening parlay right yep. and so we figured if they don't open if they don't set up a dupe character we're just going to open valor morgulis on them and they're going to flip parlay Maybe they have a Rose Road in play. Maybe they have a Great Hall. The chances are they're not going to be able to play King down that turn, and that's really going to set them back quite a bit. So not to mention, like, if you know your opponent's opening parlay, maybe military against you in Targsia Blood, uh, against Targsia Blood, you definitely don't want to be wasting one of your two claim plots on that turn. So, you know, we had Valor Morghulis. We had March to the Wall. We had in weird scenarios, you could play King Plot or Return, but you had all these options that um, that were better than just like flipping a Vanquish and hoping that they played something that wasn't Parlay. Yeah, absolutely. And, I know there was a chat with Alejandro and we were talking about that, that if anything you were going to counter Bar Cohort, it was going to be the plot line, right? That's Yeah, yeah. So that was always my thinking, like... You know, there were certainly a lot of people that went in playing like three X in the name of your king and hoping that that was enough. Yep. Um, which that that was never really my thinking. In in the bear cohort list that I was playing, I was opening parlay against Dark Sea of Blood, and just kind of pushing them off a turn, uh, establishing board, basically not getting disrupted, right? Which was what yep. the bear cohort deck is super fast, but it's incredibly vulnerable to all the different sorts of disruption, and 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 if it falls behind a step it has a really hard time getting back in the fight so um yeah i guess i guess we didn't say it <laughs> yeah so maybe it needs to be said we all played tarxia blood um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh all six of us played tarxia blood um there were a couple more that played basically the same deck if not the same deck that weren't at the house but coming out of the house we 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 were on tarxia blood so you know, and and we did put a lot of time into it from day one. I mean, it was just one of those things where, you know, kind of classic, like tournament preparation standpoint. What were the most recent, most broken cards that were printed? How can we exploit them? And Targ had Womb of the World and overwhelming numbers. And there were Fury other the cards Kalsar. recently, yeah, and Raiding Kalasar. So the Fury the Kalasar or Fury, Fury uh, uh, and. Uh, there were other cards in other factions printed that are very good. Clytus among them, but the Targ had the biggest concentration of those cards. Um, it even had some really good role players like horse Lords, um, yeah, which while not a huge all-star in the deck, definitely improved like the, the, the deck's floor. And which Ricaro. Is, horse, and Ricaro. Lords, horse Lords were a massive workhorse. Absolutely. But I'm and Ricaro, for me Ricaro, all weekend, actually. Ricaro went from, you know, being the likes of a one of with Koholo and and Hago and uh, and and all these other blood riders to being, you know, 
there were matchups where it was more important for you to have a Recaro than oh, yeah. to have a Jogo. Yeah, I, I just kept having games where Recaro was doing so much work, and I'm like, we need three of this guy. Yeah. So there was a lot of tweaking. Um, we went back and forth on a lot of things. Um, we added a Dario and a second Aegon. Um, we cut, uh, you know, there was a Nightmares in the deck originally. Um, it just felt like, you know, when we asked the question, like, are you ever triggering Sea of Blood and going and getting your one of Nightmares? And the answer was no. So it really didn't feel right to play a Nightmares in the deck um, at that point. And uh, we we were playing three attachments originally, and we just found that they were really tertiary, kind yep. of win more. I was um, about to ask, did you get rid of the attachments? I've think, seen a I think lot. Originally, of we were playing like four. Yeah. yeah so I'm my like, list, I think, was originally playing four, and then we went down to two, and then we went back up to three, and then there was a there was a time when we were kind of tuning the deck to to get to the last steps, and we we were like, you know what? Why don't why don't why don't we really want this these second and third copy of Ricaro? What can we cut for them? And and we're like mm-hmm. these these attachments are just kind of extraneous. Yeah, yeah. I mean we, we decided that good players would still play around the plus three strength if right. they were able to, and and really like if I have gifts for the widow, like King of King Plot is so good against so many decks yep. that I'm just going to slam that. And there's just really no consideration for for the other attachments in a lot of scenarios. So 99.99999% of the time we were just pulling beggar King as soon as we could get it and utilize yeah. it and leverage it. Yeah. And, the, and funnily enough, sometimes you fell into a trap of grabbing a steed to win a challenge. And then it wasn't impactful enough long run. And where you're like, shit, I, I would really like to play this King plot here. Um, but I'm going to yeah. turn off all my stuff too. Yep. Numbers is doing the work for us that the steed was doing times 10. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. Three numbers. That was, I mean, that was one of those things where I feel like a lo- there were other Tarxia blood lists that didn't get there. But from a very early standpoint, we were like three womb, three numbers. These cards are busted. I never considered any, like, the, those were in the gauntlet list. They were in my World Cup list. I never considered dropping them. It, they were yeah. so, so good. They're too good. Yeah, seeing that deck, it seems like if you were going to take ends of a deck, characters and events being the two ends and everything in the middle, it seemed you wanted both ends heavy characters, heavy events. Is what I saw the best Tarxia Blood decks that I faced, you know, just testing in and online. So, one thing that we didn't talk about actually, when when we were choosing Valor Morgulis before that, like this was in the, the, before we went, right, we Alex and I, Alex and I had that call. Um, we talked about Valmorgulis, like we really wanted just to clear the board effect. And I'm not sure that at the time we realized just how good it was with Womb of the World, right? Because Womb of the World, you don't have to invest into a body that's going to get reset, so you could pay for and you get the tempo that it provides on a two gold turn, and it's just insanely powerful. Um, so I think I think outside of having access to Wim the World, it's a tougher conversation to have with Valmorgulis. But once you add uh, Wim of the World, it's it's so so good. Yeah, uh, when you consider it's... when you consider that there are Valor turns that sequence themselves in such a way where you're playing a two drop, you're wombing into a raiding Kalisar to raise your military claim to one, and then you're also putting something to the sword yep. on that very turn. 
uh, you just realize how flexible Valor Magulus really is. And, and, and after, you know, we finally got into the trenches and we're, we're experimenting with these plots, sort of figuring out their role in all the, these matchups, you know, the Valor started to reveal itself as just a critical part of our game plan. Um, as we had this sort of short list of characters that were kill on site characters on turn one, uh, characters like Hisdar and Targaryen Steel, characters like Clytus in Night's Watch, Valyrian Steel. Um, you know, King and then, out of Barra. Yeah, right. Kings out of Barra. You know, well, sometimes three even like Hob still, right? Yeah, Sully Three Finger Hob, Wyman. Um, basically, we just because of Womb and Kotho. Yeah, we just had such a massive tempo advantage on our opponents on the valor turns that we could take that huge tempo hit and still end up being in an advantageous position on board after the valor. So you guys it's created a target package for your puts of swords, essentially. No, it was well, yes and no. We're, you know, this this was a conversation that we were having surrounding the turn one valor. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah, um, it, it was also like really it's really impactful that you know that you can open turn one Valor. And so when you match up against an opponent who has some of these characters that you might want to snap it off on, you can mulligan the way that you want to, right? Gotcha. You, yeah. So it, it really, it, it was so valuable in so many different aspects. So Valor was a, uh, you had a target package for Valor. If you saw these yeah. characters turn one, hey, you can pull the well, green light. And there were just matchups where, you know, even on stream, I think uh, I went back and watched um, the stream games early this week, and there were scenarios where it was like, oh, he mulliganed that hand. That hand was kind of good. The hand was pretty weak to Valor, and I kind of want to be Valoring on turn one. So, yeah. like, I want to be, I'm mulliganing into these hands that are like a little better for the Valor. Like, they have Kotho or they have some locations going on. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be Valoring, you know, my, my Drogo on turn one. Yeah. You don't want to um, characters away. Exactly. So and you don't want to waste that eight gold at the same time, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So once we, yeah, once we kind of settled into the plot line, um, then and also to the deck itself, you know, by the second or third day, once we had more or less eliminated all the chaff. Um, intermission, 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 intermission. Oh, wow. Fucking goddamn fancy. <laughs> fancy. We're Get back. Out. And fancier than ever. And you can't even tell. But it's probably less fancy because I don't get the soundboard. Are we alive? Yeah, we're live. No, I mean like alive. Is this the real life? Mm-hmm. Deep question. Is this just a fantasy? Fantasy. Where were we? Where were we? Where were we? We were uh, eliminating decks. We eliminated them all. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. In the end, <laughs> the end. <laughs> In the end, there was only Targ Sea of Bloods left. <laughs> that is very accurate. I can list the decks that we eliminated, oh, like oh, without oh, even playing oh, other oh, games, oh, just against Sea of Blood. Go, go, Jess. Um. So Greyjoy reigns. It won zero of three games. Yep. So it was that eliminated. Um, Barra three two one lost four games to Targsia Blood. Free Folk lost two games, and then Tyrell Conclave lost two games. Those are just like slaughter matches. So 
It's, it's, it's actually interesting to point out, too, that these decks were also teched for the Sea of Blood matchup. Yeah, like, right. There were, there, were, there were decks that we built and, and thought that we might play or wanted reps against, but they had tech for the matchup, and they still just got rolled over. Yeah, the Hollow Hill especially. It was like, yeah. it almost felt like the deck was built for Targsy of One. Yeah. And it still and couldn't like, get there. What if we do Intrigue and Power first? Oh, you lose. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it, it was just like, well, you know, kind of like on a meme too. And then we were like, well, let's try the, FIFA, the Free Folk as well. And like, the Free Folk just does everything the Targ deck does a thousand times worse. Yeah. So. We're up to two minutes, guys. Oh, no. we haven't been cut off. This is it. I can feel it coming Ooh. in the air. This is the real life. <laughs> Hold on. Should we move to the tournament, or what do we want move, to talk move about? Move on. Yeah, we'll move on real quick. Um, so I mean, we talked about you know decision to even do a test house, the, the testing process, eventually finding the deck, and then you know what the deck did. But uh, let's talk about players. So. Uh, I mean, I've collected throughout, you know, probably the four or five years we've been playing this game, just talking to different people. I mean, a lot of people do online, easy. Uh, you know, most people don't have a meta. Um, some people do, you know, uh, weekly meetups. Some people have this testing group uh, chat-wise. And then uh, others kind of, like, do it themselves. Uh, I remember Giannis telling me he would do, right before Stalic, he would play nine hours or six Six to eight hours, actually, straight online to get that feel of a tournament and the fatigue. So, Alex, I know you mentioned, you know, later on you guys started feeling some fatigue. How, how did you guys cope with playing for five or six days and then running right in the tournament? How did each well, player take care of that? I mean, I think that it helped that we took dedicated breaks um, for, like, dinners. Um, you know, we we definitely tried to 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 enjoy our downtime um we played a couple games of villainous uh one night i think on the penultimate night we played uh we played the thing and so it was just nice to like you know uh to just have these kind of kind of like breaks in 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 the testing where people can kind of unwind and we also took time uh just like not playing, but just talking about about where we were at with the decks. Um, you know, we once we were kind of all in on Targ Sea of Blood, we you know we laid we laid the deck out on the table, and we talked about literally every slot in the deck. Um, and that's where thing that's where like sort of the last few innovations came. You know, the decision to to play the three Recaro, um, the decision to only play the one attachment. And ultimately, the decision to play, uh, to play a single old Billbone, because after we had decided that that we wanted to play Tar Sea of Blood, we put a lot of focus on the Sea of Blood Mirror. Um, I another think... little thing we did is um, we we went back and forth about the one blood of my blood for forever because we kept wanting to cut it, but it's the one card that Lanny Shadows just couldn't touch. Right. So we just ended up like keeping it in. That was a fun. Yeah, yeah, we did come well. we did come full circle on the Ago as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we cut it very early for the Dario and then eventually came back around saying it was nice to just have 
another intrigue icon we could go get with blood of my blood if kotha was already in play or dead who so, also had the sand tech in the in the match we were the most worried about mm-hmm. right but um we did Cause, spend cause most of all sir gregor clegane or fucking robert strong is a card yeah, <laughs> a card that was giving us nightmares we uh we focused a lot on the mirror match in the last day or two um we probably oversimplified the mirror somewhat uh as i think my mirror games evidenced in the actual tournament um we we figure we i still feel strongly that the king's road is an indicator of advantage in the matchup but it's not su- such a deciding factor um and and so we sort of figured out what we wanted to try to do in the meta in the mirror, but we probably could have done some more. And we'll get we'll get into sort of our mirror game, the games we played uh, in the mirror uh, here in a bit, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, definitely we'll we'll talk about. I mean, I'll give the point of view from the chat too as well, like what people thought. Um, definitely sure. play differently, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Alejandro, CT, Jess. I mean, as players. How did, what'd you guys do? You know, a lot of people worry about sleep, worry about drinking, water, eating, like, (laughs) how do you deal with the fatigue? Like, so here's what I'll say about the testing house. The testing house was a godsend for me. Um, so traditionally people know that like, you know, I, I, I try and play like hours and hours a day and like going into like the holidays this past year, because honestly, I can say that from like the beginning of November up until the testing week is the least amount of Thrones that I've played in the last five years. I was not able to get games in like life was just too fucking crazy. Um, So I came into the testing house hungry, hungry for games, no fatigue. Like I was just happy to get games in and to get a lot of games in with a lot of different decks. Because I'd never felt so out of touch, I would say, with the meta than I did then. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but, like, I needed the games, and I needed the reps, and I needed to shake the rust off real bad. Yeah. So, that was infinitely helpful, regardless of, like, the data itself. Um, Just psychologically, it was good to get into that, like, positive mindset with all the stuff we were doing, and to just grind the games. Yeah. And so... I'll... I'll say that, like, we had a table that held six, but we only ever had two games going at a time. So the other two people could, like, watch or, like, you know, do some, like, two-on-one games and just, like, chill out in general. Yeah, it ended up working Right, yeah, I mean, people could step away from the table if they needed to, you know? It wasn't, like, a mandatory that everyone be there at all times. It was kind of, like, it'd be nice to have two games going at all times where, like, where we aren't, like, taking the time off for, you know food or for um for like a, a, a an, another game like um like a board game or something like that so yeah speaking of fatigue too it it actually helped that we chose the deck we did too because it, it's not <clears throat> a super grindy match uh, a super grindy deck right it it but it has like <coughs> the best top end in the game like it just felt like the best deck in the format and it wasn't super slow, so it, it helps. When I mean, you, you, really you hit it on the yeah, the nail on the head though. Like we talk about this all the time. The past four or five years, the winning decks have been that, right, Alejandro? Like it's not the most complicated, not the most 
you know, pressure, you know, uh, I mean, Giannis is the one year I was at Stalic. I mean, that was pretty, pretty cool of him to do that. But like I said, he played eight or nine hours a night, you know, he changed his whole sleep cycle to do that. So I don't know if people are that dedicated. So typically when you're going to battle fatigue, you're just going to take it easier. Like you said, a, a wider top in mm-hmm. deck, right? I don't want to overemphasize the, uh, simplicity of the deck. I think that the deck is complex and I think I could have played a lot better than I did if I had more time. But one of the things it does do that other decks don't is that it will just sometimes end the game on turn one or turn two. And then that's when the autopilot becomes much more useful to finish the game out. Whereas there are just a slew of decks, Valyrian steel, the shadows decks where you have to be playing your best game at all times in order to win. Whereas the Targsia blood, you may blow someone out on turn one or turn two, and you really just have to walk through the motions to finish the game out. Um, and that saved us a lot of mental energy in the testing process, as well as at the tournament. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, as much a... as I love grindy decks, they don't get nearly as many free wins as like the top aggro decks usually get. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I would agree. Yeah, with Cause that there's the too. difference between playing yeah, there's a difference between playing the game uh, with the the thought process. Like you said, the, the deck itself is not, you know, simple. It's complex. But once you get to that autopilot of just running the mechanics of the game, that's where you want to be, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would agree with Alex, too. Sure. Kind of where it's like... Kind of gets this bad rep of being no scale when... when I don't think that that's true. And it definitely feels like the uh, decisions yeah. that I was making in the type game has mattered. So, yeah, yeah, but especially like you in the circumstances where, power, you know, right. you want that, entry. especially in the circumstances where, where, when, where you're not sequ- like when you aren't sequencing things correctly or you're walking into the, the, the answers that other people have against you. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's unfair to, to cast this light, like, you know, the deck doesn't reward skill. I mean, all decks reward skill, but you will have the nut draw sometimes where it really, you can make mistakes and there's more of a, of a, a cushion because the deck is just so inherently powerful. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, you want a deck, you want to bring a deck like that because it will make up for some of your mistakes sometimes. Um, so I, I don't think it's something where it's like, it's not a quality of a deck that I sh- want to shy away from inherently um, because it it allows for, for you to make mistakes and, and still, still do well um, because it just has these really explosive draws where games are over very quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that took me a while as a new player to learn, to understand and, and let my ego go to, to play these decks. Cause you're, you guys are all right. There's not a deck out there that's just, you know, slam, bam, you know, I win type of thing. There's, you still got to play out the sequences, but it's better once you get to that point where like, okay, I'm getting free power here. I'm getting unopposed, you know, things like that. that you can Yeah, there's a reason why we see this. We see a lot of the same names at the top tables time and time again. Um, you know, like these players are just, they're outplaying other players, you yep. know. Um, so, you know, was it the most innovative deck we could have brought to the tournament? Absolutely wasn't. 
but that wasn't the goal. That was not the goal of the testing house. Yep. The goal was to take the what we considered to be the best deck in the format, build the best version of it we could, and you know try to win a world true. championship. Yeah, awesome. if we were just playing the coolest deck that we could come up with, I would have played that Martell Lion deck that I that had like sixteen characters <laughs> in it. But that's not the best deck. And yeah. I also want to caveat and say that like we by no means explored yeah, every yeah. corner of the meta. Um, there were a handful of decks at the tournament that I was very impressed by um, and that were not areas we really explored. For instance, we didn't put a lot of time into Conclave beyond looking at a Lanny Conclave list and exploring a Tyrell Conclave list. And, you know, while Wasom maybe didn't do great as a unit, Sam executed his deck's game plan pretty well. And it had a very clearly sort of it had a clear strategy in certain matchups um, that was very powerful. Um, and it was not something that I had considered. Um, not to mention um, the SoCal deck. Not all of them played it, but uh, the Night's Watch Dragon deck as well. Uh, I felt like had a clear game plan and executed it pretty well. Yeah, um, the, I'm sure the, there are more decks out there that the, I'm not yeah. thinking of. The DC Lanny Shadows deck was super against the, the, the status quo of what Lanny Shadows yeah. decks have been recently as well. Yeah. Right. And yeah, this is kind Eric of the nature. Swanson's, he put the ash mark. I mean. Yeah, Swanson's. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was, this is kind uh, of the nature of the testing house. And yeah. one of the downsides is that within a few days, your testing is going to become fairly inbred. Yep. And so there are just, you're going to be like, you're going to be blind to certain changes. Like we certainly played Lanny Shadows, but we didn't iterate very much on the deck. So all of our testing was done against kind of this very specific, like meta Lanny Shadows variant, where like you guys said, when it came down to it, sure, there were people playing the meta variant, you know, the Joe Zimmers of the world, but there was also a large contingent of successful players playing a, a different restricted right. list card. Yep. Um, playing a handful of Shadows cards that really weren't meta-relevant beforehand, like Sure Diplomat, and, you know, or playing in a, a, a location like Ashmark that, I mean, never even entered my mind. So that's kind of one of the downsides of the testing house process is that um, if you're not receiving sort of stimulus from outside during the process, um, like, you can be left a little surprised when you see some of the innovations coming from people who chose a different deck to iterate on than the one that you chose. Can it be a um, successful testing house if you try to basically comb the whole world, so to speak? Can you really do that as a meta? I don't think so. I think that, yeah. um, you know, honestly, I felt like we were fortunate in that the meta, in one way, we were fortunate because the meta was fairly quote unquote solved. Um yeah. which I don't necessarily think is true, but in the sense of the words, you know, there were these known quantities and um so we we were advantaged, everyone was advantaged by sort of starting off from that position. It, you know, but no, I mean like obviously with more people and more time we could have done more, but you never really are gonna figure everything out. 
Um, and this is kind of something you have to acknowledge before, you know, during the process. Yeah. That's what I figured is that you're not gonna, it's not smart to try to, to conquer the whole meta, if you will. But, um, so I think that wraps up testing. Anyone else want to add anything on that? That was a good time. It was, it was amazing. I think uh, we can move on to for cooking all our meals. Yeah. 11, 11 out of 10 would do again. Yep. <laughs> Good. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes. Uh, who wants to start off their uh, their day one? Was it day one yeah. A and day one B? Who was day one A? Yeah, J- Jess and CT played day one A, so maybe they should start. Yep. Start with so, you guys. So there was not nearly as much Sea of Blood it day wasn't. one on the target end of things. It was shadows, it was very, right? Shadows had was dark like crossing. Heavier. It was no, no. Yeah, there was. A if lot you of look at crossing. the if you look at the pie, it was actually like surprisingly balanced as far I, as I guess. Before we get too deep into your day, I do want to mention that the night before we submitted deck lists, we sat down and had a discussion about a meta breakdown, and we actually went through, um, particularly because they had released na- the names of people that would be playing on one A and one B. And we tried to figure out sort of what we thought everyone was likely to play. And then based on that and sort of based on just like general assumptions about the meta, what percentage of the field we thought each of the pillars of the format would make up. And I don't have that data in front of me because Kevin has that in his notebook. Um, and he's not on this podcast. But I would I would venture to bet we were pretty close, ultimately, all, all things considered. On, yeah, I on, think on we definitely were. We were very close. So. But go ahead, was, CT, yeah. I was just saying, like, it's good you brought that up, because actually I think that was, like, super fun and very informative. Um, so, I mean, I dodged mirrors on day one. I did not. Um, Jess did not. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, I guess I'll just kind of, like, run through my matches, like, super fast. Um, I played against Josh first round, who was playing Free Folk. So that was kind of a... I I think that's super favored for us, because like we talked about in the testing house, like we just do what Free Folk does better. Can you provide us with the last name? uh, Smentech? Okay, sorry. Smentech was his name? Yeah. If you know the last name, no worries. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I'll try um yes but yeah i mean we just free folked we just out free folked the free folk um game two i played rich walker he was playing barrel rose um his deck was cool it was definitely trying to stall the aggro decks um definitely like there was a cane plot turn with a salise which was cool um because like you just couldn't do anything like he Tried to stall it off. It was playing in the name of your king and stuff like that, but it kind of just, you know, if if the deck, without getting our boards reset, we just, you know, just kind of keep piling it on until the inevitable occurs. Um, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, my third game was not technically a mirror. It was Targ Wars. Uh, it was Jacob. Um, he had a really interesting open. He tried to win or die me right away because uh, his hand was just full of Kothomas on day burn. Um, and the... I opened... Pretty sure I opened 
king plot that game and he kind of set himself up for the valor which goes to say i was pretty impressed i think we got pretty deep into day one without it being super common knowledge that we were on valor um because people just it didn't seem like people were playing like we like we had it i mean it didn't even extend into day two frankly because i mean what was the last tournament that you and i like major tournament that where we were both in attendance where we weren't playing the exact same 67 cards and like i was still blowing people mm-hmm. out with valor yeah somehow uh yeah i think it was which was pretty surprising between us all being on it and francis being on it as well um but or maybe people were just trying to maybe people didn't know we were on it and they were just trying to kind of like get us earlier than they maybe should have been i don't know i don't know what the thought process was but it was pretty ballsy that was that was just like not a great game for him um fourth game i played against jim he was playing his lanny conclave deck and he did know we were on the valor because he kept a very wacky opening hand that just let him like triple dupe up his maesters and get a brothel madam in play right away to try and stop him from doing militaries um so that game was a little bit grindy, but I'm trying to remember exactly how I pulled that one out too. Basically, if I recall, he ended up having to valor or you like double valor ended up happening sometime in the game, whether like it was like subsequent turns or whatever. And I re- recall him just not having any gas after the second valor. Yes, yes, that's right. He had to kill his own madam on his valor. But he got to keep a few guys. I think I got to keep a Jogo on my Revalor. And obviously Womb did a shit ton of work there. So, um, like, he could stop me from doing military challenges, but I don't think he had barring or anything. Maybe he had one. But I definitely remember being able to trigger lots of Wombs, um, jumping in cards. Got me pretty far there. Um, round five, I played Jaron Wagner. And he was playing um, the... Very low to the ground start crossing build that um I think him, Derek, uh Daryl were all playing. Yeah, some kind two. of slight variations of. Yeah. Um like the only six cost character in their deck was Wyman, I think. And everybody else was four below. Um it was a very swarmy deck. Um Jaren and I went like four or five plots. I literally three claimed him like five straight plots and he never had less than like three characters on the board until the last plot. Um, and I, he, he got up to like 12 or 13. I had to do one plot where I just had to full defend every one of his challenges. So I didn't get ahead anywhere, but like eventually slowly I two and three claimed him down and got that game, but that was a very close game. And then last round was me and Wama, and we played eight plots, and it was super back and forth, and it was probably the best game I played all weekend. But he did squeak it out on me with a wall trigger. He got one can, wall trigger in the game. You can watch it on the White Walkers channel whenever it comes out. Yes, actually, you can watch my game with Wama, Jaren, and Jacob on White Walkers. I was all three of those games were recorded. So damn, I. I'm actually pretty stoked to go back and watch all those games. Um, Me too. Uh, so that was my day. Jess? Moving on, Jess? 
Um, so my day, of course, I go to Worlds and I have to play Ma- Matt Clements from Chicago. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it whenever I go to Worlds and then I just play people I know. It's cool. Um, so Matt was on a Targ HRD Dragon Pit burn deck. Um, he couldn't really keep a board out against me. He did Valor me. And then, uh, or no, he Blood of the... What do you do? Blood of the Dragon Me, I think. Um, got my board kind of down, but he had played Burn Danny and some other guys, and I just valored his board, kind of just blew him out with that. He was really not expecting it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of a little... I was trying to hold it off because I saw people like coming around our table a lot. Um, I didn't necessarily want them to know we were on Valor. But I guess they weren't paying that much attention. <laughs> Nobody cares. Were... Nobody cares about us. Yeah, yeah. We're just just one of us is playing Valor. That's all. Um. So then, second round, I played Brennan Higgins, and it was a mirror match, and he opened sneak attack on me, and I was not expecting that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and kind of, of like all the, of all the Brownings possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in the testing house, like, I had played a bunch of mirrors with Kevin and Tom, and, like, every time it was just whoever went first just pretty much blew out the other person. So he went first and just blew me out. Yeah. It was. It doesn't help, too, when you're not, like, when you're not expecting to just auto-lose the yeah. initiative on round one. Like, in games where you know it's possible and you set up in a particular way, um, you know, it's totally different than, like, putting a bunch of dudes into play and then getting them all claimed down. Obviously, yeah. So. And he had a duped Jogo. Cause I was planning to either, um, if I had a King's road, I could, I could, you know, try to get that initiative first, or I could just Valor his board, but he had duped Jogo. And then he played trip duped Drogo the Ooh. second turn. And I was like, Oh, and I'm dead. Yeah. So sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I played Alex O'Shea. With his Lanny White book deck. Very interesting. Um, he just kind of keep a board out against the Sea of Blood. So. Um, I then played Bear Conclave. The deck that's made to beat Sea of Blood. And it definitely beat me. Uh, the Parlay and the two um, Palace of Sorrows. It was yeah. real feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Palace of Sorrows is nuts. Yeah, yeah it's insane. It's it's real good. Um, and then I was originally paired to play against Greyjoy Winter, and I was like, oh, I got this. And then I got repaired to Tyrell Shadows with Chris Eggert, who's also from Chicago. And he did Shadow Things, Night of Flowers, got all the power. It's pretty so. sweet that Jess and I went to Worlds so that we could just play half of our games against people from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. As per usual. Well, they should have brought less people to Worlds. Clearly, they didn't consider you guys. Yeah, yeah I know. Greater Thompson Meta, stay at home. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then my last game was another Targ Sea of Blood. So this one, um, I had, he went, he got the King's Road, so he went first, and he kind of just, like, wrecked me. Um, I just played Chuds, and I kind of slow played the game. He wasted all of his two claim plots, but, like, I had no power to steal, so he wasn't really getting um, up in power. 
And then he had like Drogo and a bunch of dudes out and he win or died. And then after his win or die, or no, on his, after his win or die, I valored him. And then I was able to come back from there. Yeah, swing it back around. Yeah. Nice. Well, right on. Two, yeah, two different stories right there with Sea of Blood. Uh, Jess, CT, any last words for day one? Maybe next time. But I'm. All right. What about? Damn, I missed that soundboard already. Me too, man. Me too. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I enjoyed the day one commentary from Alejandro. That was good. Yeah, really enjoyable there. Uh, Enjoyed definitely watching uh, um, people win on stream. Especially uh, CT. No, actually, I got to see you yeah, in the we cut. Didn't, we didn't Never put mind. CT on so screen. Day one B. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really yeah. weird. Alejandro was on commentary day one, and he got to pick a lot of the matches, I think, that were on camera. And for some reason, <laughs> I just kept getting put. I just kept getting put at the top table for the Walker stream, but not on the <laughs> live was stream. It was weird. <laughs> you, shut your, you shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. I was just like, well, okay. It's just a coincidence. It's so weird how Alejandro didn't want to show the whole world that that kid is about to And here's where I would do this if I was playing this. It all worked out, though. I'm actually. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) I'm super happy that me and AJ's game is the game that ended up being on stream because the game was just so much fun. Like. It's very enjoyable. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah, we're not there yet. Spoilers. Oh, rip. Day one B, guys. Uh, Here we go. I can go because my day one B. You had a better day one day one than I did. So, um, so uh, honestly, I'm yeah. Spoilers. Sorry, Uh, I'm gonna have difficulty remembering the entirety of the day. But um, start with James. My first round. My first round was on stream. Yeah. Uh I opened Valor. Spec definitely wasn't thinking uh wasn't uh wasn't expecting it and the game uh I don't want to say it went completely downhill from there because there was a critical turn where I played Winter Die and I drew exactly Ricaro, Jogo, King's Road overwhelming numbers and had just enough gold to play all, everything. Oh, Dang. Oh my and, so uh, the moment the moment that you sold Satan your body, do you remember the feeling <laughs> of like the soul leaving <laughs> your being? <laughs> yeah. Um no, look, look, to say that the run good uh was anything but there this weekend for me would be uh, a massive understatement. So um even with the Valor uh spec, you know. Still able, was able to claw back uh, into that game. That's just Targ for you. I mean, they just have these really tempo-positive cards. Um, but yeah, after the winner die turn, things kind of turned around for me. So won that game. Uh, then I beat a Greyjoy deck. Then I played Andres in round three. He was playing Barakohor. And with Alejandro watching my game, I punted it away. Uh... <laughs> So sometimes it's correct. Sometimes it's correct yeah, to block yeah, when you're or dead to on defend. Board, it's probably to block. Just, uh, just. Uh-huh. It's probably correct yeah. to not lose on board. So I did do that, and then uh, round four, Kyle. Uh, 
Round four was Kyle Vansel, Lanny Shadows. Yeah. Um, I remember King plotting him early. Um, and and blow and just sort of started the train of blowing his locations up and attacking his hand with Ricaro and intrigue challenges. And he got really far behind and just kind of never stabilized. Um, and then the next round, I got paired up against Tom McKenzie. This was uh, the also a repair Repaired. story. Yeah. Um, and we were like, oh, well, this, you know, this is unfortunate. We're both on one loss. So we're not eliminating one of us, but we're making it possible that one of us might not make day two. Then I got repaired. Still the Targ C mirror. Um, ended up beating Bohan in that. And then um, round, that was round four? Uh, five. That was round. That was round five. So then the last round I played against Johnny Wright walked right into a Watchers on the wall. Um, we were both already clinched for day two, so feeling pretty loosey goosey. And I think Johnny's deck is pretty heavily teched for the matchup. And uh, not to spoil too much, but Johnny knew <laughs> every plot in my plot line. Uh, and it definitely, it definitely what? helped. Uh, it definitely helped him in that game. So I ended up four two on day one. Felt fine about it. Um, still within, you know. Still within uh, grasp of making my goals a reality, but uh, yeah, that was my day one. So well, spoilers number twenty four. You were twenty three. Number twenty four was Francis. So going four and two is not yeah. bad, apparently. Exactly. Sometimes it pays. Sometimes it pays. Let's go to the top yeah, number one, so Alejandro. I, I got paired up against Jeffrey Sweeney, who I've never met, but I, I think I've seen. I recognize his name from Facebook, and he didn't show up. I don't know if. Uh, yeah. He was around for the check-in. I doubt it, but they somehow missed him at at check-in. So I essentially got to buy round one. Um, yeah, which was good. Oh, nice. So Going can good. you feel the moment your soul leaves <laughs> your body and goes into exchanges into the hands ago. of Satan? That was um. <laughs> this is becoming a theme. Oh God. <laughs> Tips, tips to being king yeah. of Swiss. Don't have an opponent. <laughs> we are all Satan's children. <laughs> yeah, round two, I got paired up against Adrian Payet nice. from Chicago, who was playing Barra Cohor. Um, I, you know, we, we talked a lot about the open Valor, but she set up like, um, I think it was a duped four drop and a two drop. Um. Uh, she she set up a little bit awkward. My my setup was a little bit awkward for an open valor, um, but she set up a king's road. I just anticipated that she was going to open parlay, so I opened king plot so that she couldn't pop the king's road into a king, and essentially from there, like turn two, I got to put the pressure on, um, and just was able to clear her board, and you know she just couldn't recover after that. Um, so felt good. Um, I played against Hano, uh, sitting right next to Alex, who was playing against Andres, playing Barak Ohor. And Hano set up <laughs> like a four drop, two drop, one drop, one cost attachment. And I'm like, okay, this looks like a good Valor open. I set up a four drop, a three drop, and a Plaza of Pride. But and I'm like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I look over and, and, uh, and Andres set up like a duped Bob against against uh, Alex, which I was very happy to be sitting in my seat when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, duped Bob Shireen, I believe. Unfortunately, we were not able to to uh, do <laughs> synchronized Valor Morghulises, which I was very much looking forward to uh, beforehand. 
So I, I you know, I opened Oof. Valor, he opened Parlay. He played a Red Priest and a Warhammer. And then turn two, I played Vanquish. He played um, Loan from the Iron Bank. And he played like a Mel uh, and like three different attachments. And then I was just with the with a womb trigger, I was able maybe it wasn't the womb trigger. I don't remember what exactly it was, but I was able to clear his board. Um I I, I had just enough I had eight strength to his eight strength. Um uh, and then he just picked up the cards after I cleared his board and he wasn't gonna have any cards in play after that, so that, that, that yeah. was good. Johnny Wright I played against on stream. Um, you know, spoiler alert, he did not know that I was playing Valor. So he <laughs> Damn yeah, boy. so he opens he loan from the iron bank and he has a really good turn he plays a mercenary contract on my three drop he yorns my two drop he steals my three drop and i made him first i opened vanquish and he was surprised that i made him first but i did not want to walk into the yorn with my jogo that i was anticipating playing and the dupe that i was anticipating playing on the jogo but once yep. it, once I saw his turn, that was insane. Like, well, I'm going to play this womb because this is the only thing that's going to survive for the, from this two, turn two Valor. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but he was playing two return of the fields. And he just didn't anticipate it, right? Like, he's played a lot of thrones. He's probably played a lot of test games against Tarsia Blood, and they just don't play Valor outside of us. So I played Valor turn two. He played at the gates, and... He drew two dead dupes of Yorn in the next two turns. So womp, womp. that kind of that kind of was the story of Oof. that game. Damn. Yeah. We didn't touch on this uh, in the preparation process, but I think something that actually ended up working in our favor was that the presence Absolutely, of Return yeah. to the Field in the meta for so long has actually pushed Valor Absolutely, out of yeah. people's yeah, minds. Yeah. It did because yeah. so like so a lot of people just were not expecting the Valor. Yeah, and I know we keep rehashing that, but it actually ended up being like one of the major sort of oh, that's a great point takeaways for me from the whole. Well, thing. yeah, it sounds like it helped with the bear, yeah, the bar yeah, Q we matchup for we def- definitely wanted definitely. for the bear over matchup. But that's a really good point because yeah. in a lot yeah. of decks, I had to stop playing Valor because it's so hard to run into Return of the Fields when you're playing Valor. They just pick up all their unduped cards and they put them in the discard pile and they grain a bunch of resources. How do I? I can't do this again. So I hope you drew yeah. air. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of like found that out with the Stark a long time ago, right? Like when Stark was high, like if you valid in and return the fields, that game's over, right? It's yeah, you it's, lost. it's really hard. To, hard, you know. There's there is an element that you clear the board, right? So as, as long as there's no dupes, you might still be in it. But if they if they have dupes and they played return on your valor, it's just. Yeah, I feel like they just reflood, and it's it's like, all right, I'm going wide. Especially now. with these, especially in right, these absolutely. like quote unquote yeah. fair decks, yeah. who like yeah pay gold for characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they have who to play earn with actually just having two gold. I mean, and they don't get to cheat everything in, then that's a really tough time. Tough time. Yeah, yeah I kept go. I kept thinking back, like when we were in the testing house. I kept thinking back to like the only deck I was running Valor in during the World Cup months was the Lanny Shadows that we were playing and I found myself Valoring turn two so many games 
and just walking into return, but knowing that, like, if I don't Valor here, and they lock my Valor on a return later, mm. like, it's useless. Yeah. So, that's just kind of, like, where Valor was, and, like, only really having a presence in Shadows decks, that definitely was a huge advantage, knowing yeah, that people just, were kind of over it at that point. Like, yeah, turn earlier, Turn one. Yeah, so... Uh, whoop, whoop. But yeah, Valor's been in a really bad place for a long time, so yeah, I mean, people were definitely reading into that. It's a great point. I mean, I've definitely fell in that rut. I've stopped using Valor in a lot of places because it's it's just a bad feel with turn the field. I've just seen so many games where it's like, well, that game's over. Yeah, we should just fucking stab return to the fields. <laughs> <laughs> just stab it till it's dead. Sidebar. Sorry. Well, Laney King of Shadows looks like the we'll next one, against, Alejandro. Um, Eric Swanson, who's playing. Uh, Lanny Kingdom of Shadows and a bunch of really interesting tech, right? Um, he played. What did he play? I don't remember. He might. He played probably at the gates, and I played Vanquish turn one. Actually, um, I wanted to save the king plot for another turn. He played a red keep and an iron throne. At least they were in play. Maybe they were set up. So that was. I think I think the Iron Throne was played turn one, so that kind of felt bad. Um, I had a shift from my I had put a an egg on in the shadows, and I was anticipating like go doing that maybe, um, and instead I had to like change my plan around to <coughs> go grab this uh, lay siege and and get rid of this Iron Throne so I can continue messing with his locations. Um, but I but I ended up winning. An intrigue challenge turn one, which was really important. I took two cards out of his hand, and then I won a military challenge with Lucaro. I took another card, and I was dancing when I, when one of the cards that I pulled was a Robert Strong. I was like, either one of my guys is about to die because there's another Robert Strong in the death pile or in the in the shadows area, but he didn't have enough money to play it, or I just got rid of the worst card in the matchup for myself. So. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 yeah. I was really excited for that. Um he you know, he played I think I, I went into King Plot after that, and then the turn after that, he played his whole turn to to pinch a powder my Drogo that had a dupe on it to then be able to valor the turn after. So he you know, he played a really he invested a lot of resources to make this happen. And then on my turn, yep. I overwhelming Denver the dupe back in. And he didn't realize that the dupe would stay. So he called over a drug. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, essentially after that, he's, he, he picked up the cards. So that, yeah, yeah that felt pretty good. on that one. We, we might've gone another round. There was a, there, there was a turn where I pulled the put to the sword. So I think we might've gone another round, but I, Ricardo claimed to put to the sword that was spicy and I didn't see coming. Um, Let's see. And then what? Yeah, he had yeah. two two of them in there. Played, he said. So he he picked up the cards. I played around the second put to the report. sword by triggering Kotha. He's like, I don't. This is this is weird. I've never seen this, but I don't think I want to lose to another yeah. one. So, and then he just played the cards. So that was that turn after that. Then uh, yeah. I played against Austin in the King of Swiss match, which was he was playing um, Knights Watch Valerian Steel. Um, 
and everything no was above the table and no mistakes were made. It was the cleanest yeah. game I've ever witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched almost the entire game. It was right, just right, too right. clean to um, avoid. Yeah, so let's see. I set up really well. I set up Womb of the World, Marini's Market, Plaza of Pride. He set up Kaleidos, Three Finger Hop, Underground Vault. No dupe. So Kill it. Open it. Kill, Kill it. Kill it. And uh, Kill it. he was very surprised by the Valor opening. Um, I'm not sure that if he still didn't know that we had it or he just wasn't expecting to turn one. And he opened his anti Hmm. This seems to be being a, coming a theme. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he opened Champions Challenge, which was his anti-Sea of Blood tech plot, right? He He's like, I'm going to establish a board. I'm going to cancel out your military challenge. And then we're going to play after this. And, you know, in testing, we we found out that Clytus is a really big problem and that Three Finger Hob is really, really annoying. Um, and so I was very happy to, to snap those guys off and kind of dominated the game from there, right? Just I had a womb. I, I might have had a Kotho turn one. I don't even remember. I, I think I just had it all. But you felt like you were so far behind that you <laughs> thought you might draw so, three cards one turn. Then what happened uh, was we were going we we're going through the motions, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I draw a card, and then I accidentally grab two cards, and I see the what should be the third card, right? The card that I have le- illegally seen now. So I turn to Austin and I say, "Hey, I accidentally saw the third card." And he's like, "You know, let's call a judge over, figure out what happens." We call a judge over. Murdoch comes over, who's the marshal, and we tell him what happened. And Murdoch's like, "I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. I have to, I have to disqualify you from the game. Like, I have to give you a game loss." And I was like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" And he, and he, and he, and he kept the <laughs> no, straight face. Really. I'm like, "What?" And at this point, Andres and maybe Joe, I don't remember who else was. Table two was looking over, and they were going, "What?" And, and it was uh, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. was Andres and uh, Joe Zimmer. They they just like stopped playing and looked over like, huh, what game loss? Yeah, for a card draw. <laughs> so was he? So no, I, no, he was, was he fucking game with you. Because it's like so weird, like the like in context of like what happened in my semifinal yeah, yeah. game. Agreed. We'll go over eventually, but like. So- <laughs> okay. All right, go on. Did, did we not have four rules? Like, so once 12 people were yeah, staring at him, he was like, well, I'll go check. We yeah, go check the floor he was like, I'll go double check the floor rules. So he went and double checked the floor rules. We told him, like, the bottom card is known information. We shuffled in the rest. Well, he showed, we showed him the card that I saw, and then we continued playing. And then immediately after, uh, Austin marshals the direwolf attachment onto one of these guys that have no attachments to weapon. So we had, a, we had a judge come over. Yeah. This time it was found out. Uh, he marshaled it. He triggered his agenda to draw a card. I had wombed at this point, so we were we already had a wombed card into play. And then the judge came over and he rewound as much as he could. Uh, you know, at the time I was a little I was a little salty because he was going to disqualify me because we had gotten past a point. I had more information than my opponent did, and we couldn't do anything about it. But this time, we actually did get past a point, and he's like, "Nah, just keep playing." Do you guys want an active judge? Yeah. And so, <laughs> I, I was a little annoyed and a little bit uh, 
you know, weirded out by the by the situation. But um, like I said, we just played out the end of the turn, and, and basically, I I, just, I wanted from the Valor turn turn one. That was my day. It was a good day. I mean, I would have expected Austin uh-huh. to need a babysitter for the entire tournament, but now we know That's that you true. both need one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, when, I, when, when the marshal tells you that you're going to be disqualified rattles. for what is a very minor infraction, I, I think that I was not, not unreasonable for me to be a little bit frazzled at that point in the game. So, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, plus it's the last game of the day, and you're just like, uh, and we're both, yeah, you're we're, both already like essentially kind of like already. Tightness starts to go out the window. I mean, yeah. that, that happened to me at nationals, but this guy had a complete card out of his deck, like wasn't even there, and he went to Skagos for a cat, and then he's like, uh, yeah. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, oh no, god, I mean, let's not relive uh, that nightmare. So I mean that's two different two different <laughs> fractions the right there. Too. Like you saw right. a card and then there's Yeah. Yeah, people are often like, Oh, how are these people like you know, in the semifinals or whatever, like how are they making these mistakes? Like it's a long day. You long know? Day. It's two long yeah. days for Very instance. Very long like, day. You know, yes, the players usually get better the higher you go, but also, you know, everybody's human. Yeah. Even tar- even six Targsy of Blood games is still essentially three real games. Three real <laughs> games in a row can be pretty tiring. Uh, how long is this? But um, well, I mean, yeah. you ended. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you ended at the top, so must have been doing yeah, something. Gotta, right. gotta... And I'm sure it was an auspicious sign for the rest of his tournament. Yeah, got Kingdom Swiss. Spoiler! 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 What are you talking about? <laughs> he definitely had a good day too. Yeah. Spoiler. Right, right, Alejandro. Right. I can just hear Alejandro <laughs> punching Alex. I <laughs> <laughs> can hear the sound of the fist. <laughs> Moving ahead to spoilers, let's talk about the cut now. Yeah, I can. I can talk. Time was pretty short. Who wants um, to go first? Uh, right. yeah, Short, I shortest first. Shortest Sam <laughs> who was playing the Night's Watch Conclave deck, who was playing two watches on the wall, who was playing Outwit, and you know Trixie Bird, and he had an insane turn one. I don't, you know, he, he told me it was it was <laughs> insane himself, right? Like, I don't know, it, it was really strong. Um, I'm in a position where I either Valor here potentially get outwitted or return to the fields or I don't Valor here and he doesn't outwit and now I have two more plots to get through before I can Valor. I, you know, it just felt like a really bad situation. We flip our plots, turn two, I Valor, he outwits. I'm like, ah, well, there we go. Um, I figured out that I need to win on like plot nine. Like, but our turn one was really slow and He's playing a deck where he has two hands and, and he has to he has a lot of triggers to remember. He's got a lot of things that he can do. Uh, so we got to plot seven. I think that I was turning the game around. Um, he says that he had a, a lot of gas left, but I I don't know. I, I, I think that I had essentially turned the game around, but we didn't have enough time. So uh, we finished the game. He was up like, I don't know, 10 to 2 or something. And that was my tournament. Yeah. Uh, the first round, no buy after RIP. a six-zero run in Swiss. Um, Ooh. 
You got your you got your buy in the Swiss. Ooh, the king the <laughs> king of Swiss curse is real. Yeah. I, I was I was happy with the way yeah. I played. I I, uh, I wish I had a, a mulligan for a matchup. Just give me a different one. Um, I definitely felt like there was plenty of winnable matchups. Um, even Sam's was winnable, but uh, the the start was really strong, and I I just kind of ran into it turn two. So uh, if I play that differently, if we play a little faster, maybe if you know, a lot of things, but. That, that's where my tournament ended. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was it was it was a loss to Sam. Uh, so I, I'm not upset about that. Sam's a great player, so uh, fine to go out on that note for me. Sure. Nice job. Congrats on the King of Swiss day one B. And like you said, I mean, lose to Sam. That's that's nothing to be ashamed of. CT? Uh, my top 32 game was against AJ. 64. Um, 64 game. Yeah. Uh, 64 game. Was against AJ. I That game is on stream. Yeah, you go watch just, that shit. It's hilarious. Just, just watch it. It's just a great fucking game. I thoroughly um, enjoyed it. One of, like, one of my all-time most embarrassing uh, career mistakes is in that game. So that's pretty... That, that's great. You laugh at me and call me stupid. Talking about the uh, well, you know, not let's not worry about the let's <laughs> not worry about the details. Let's let's not worry about the fact that I claimed a horse lord instead of my duped Masande, knowing that I'm flipping into Vanquish the next turn, <laughs> like some kind of idiot. We won't worry about that. We won't worry about that part. But that was a great game, and like AJ and I always have really great games. Like we enjoy playing each other. You can feel the energy. I'm super glad that that was like a streamed match. Um, it was just kind of those situations where. His his deck was so spicy. Um, I don't think it was playing Doran's game. It wasn't playing secret scheme, secret schemes, but it was like filled with uh, vengeances and viper's eyes and just anything he can use against Sea of Blood. Um, which I don't think he actually played any Sea of Blood in the Swiss, which is surprising. That's very. Um, I have a question for you, CT. What? So. I find that um, you have a rapport with a lot of players, particularly with AJ2, that allows you guys to both be very comfortable with each other in your games. Do you feel like you are more ad advantaged by sort of the comfort level in which you play these games with some people, or do you think that they are more advantaged by it? Um, I don't know. I think that if I am comfortable it does give me an edge um i think i think that things like being comfortable with who you're playing against and not being intimidated by them and even other things like open deck lists and all these kinds of things give you a lot of uh advantages and i would say that i i, I like being more comfortable than not i like having more knowledge than not so these things are really helpful especially playing against martel and knowing the opponent. So, like, the comfort level is high as I play I with AJ so much. I know how right. AJ plays. AJ knows how I play. Um, I guess let me be more specific because, like, it seemed like you were both kind of spewing off information about your hands. But it seemed to me like it was more advantageous for you to know AJ's hand than it was for him to know yours. So there sure. was, like, this sort of exchange of, like, we're playing this game very like friendly, you know, we're going to kind of be revealing these tells to each other. But I felt like you were more advantaged in that scenario because like 
Our know, deck list you... was a lot more straightforward, and exactly. his deck is way more exactly. reliant on tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I definitely can see that, too. Maybe if he, like, I could see him being a lot more reserved if we didn't have open deck lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and me, like me, just not 100% knowing whether he does have card A or card B or whatever. Um, instead of the scenario that we did have, which was just, is he seeing card A or card B? Um, a big part of the game is like, he, he was so behind on board from the beginning, he didn't really get very many opportunities to like bluff cards like Vengeance, um, which would have made me obviously challenge completely differently. Um, I think if, you know, if I had had to have been afraid of two gold being up in a lot of circumstances, um, I felt very comfortable in the game because I think I, even though I was having to give up a lot of unopposed challenges early, I, my hand was always full and always had sort of an important tool for the matchup, um, which made me feel like I was going to turn the game eventually as long as I could keep my hand up. So I think that's probably, it has a lot to do with my comfort. Um, usually the more behind I am, the less, uh, likely I am to bullshit. Um, so, and obviously part of it is just like being on stream, we're obviously going to play up the, the antics a little bit more than we probably usually would, um, and such things of that nature, but yeah, um, it was a really good game and there were mistakes made on both sides and it still ended up being a pretty good game. So I'm pretty super proud of that one. I was lucky that AJ just kind of missed, um, missed seeing a vengeance in that game, which was pretty big. Uh, Ricaro did a lot of work discarding some key cards, kind of like we were talking about from the Swiss. And it was very close. There was a lot of, like, military challenges that I just won by the exact amount, or, you know, I had to bait some some triggers, like he had a begging brother and a Gaston in a, in a scenario where I had Drogon out that was pretty key. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a really cool game. Um, it may have looked fairly one-sided, but I don't think AJ would have called it a smash by any stretch, and I probably wouldn't have either. Uh, so that game was cool, and I won that one. Uh, and then, then top 32 game, I played against Patrick from DC, and he was playing the, the DC Lanny Kingdom, which is a pretty spicy build. Um, it was not running like any loyals. It was using Hollow Hill. Uh, Flea Bottom was restricted instead of trade routes, um, which it obviously like really piled on the characters that were usable with Flea Bottom in that scenario. And I guess they got the memo that opening Valor on your opponent is pretty good. Uh, so my setup was like Recaro Horse Lord economy, I feel like. Um, and I had had a gifts in hand, so I was kind of planning to go into our sort of default open king plot, try and slow them down scenario. He set up three cards in shadows and a duped Iron Throne, which I was not thrilled to see. Uh, he opened Valor into my king plot. So that was hard because I couldn't really... I could get... Uh, I think I got like two more bodies back down. Or maybe I played a body in a womb? I'm trying to remember. I think my econ was in Alario's estate. That part's kind of fuzzy, but um, basically him valoring me set me back. Um, and he obviously had like piled on guys in shadows. I wasn't going to be able to hit the throne without putting multiple resources into it. So I wasn't able to get it. And then he got red keep pretty quickly after that. So I just kind of like, I just didn't really recover from that first valor. 
and he just sort of stayed ahead of me. We went like six, six or seven plots um, before he got up on me like 12 to 5 or something, and I finally conceded on like my Wintertide dead draw that I just couldn't play any cards. So, um, you know, the Shadow Deck was our, our quote-unquote bad match anyway, and I think their version of the deck played way harder into our weak like play was way stronger into our weaknesses than even like the version we were like playing against in the test house so um you know and it had like hound and stuff so i could get big power challenges it wasn't relying on using cards like cersei or Tyrion or these more expensive cards that the lanny decks need more time to develop with um he he hit like two he had two marauders triggers very early that hit like my fours and my sixes, which obviously we have a lot of good cards in those in those cost ranges. So, yeah, uh, I got Lanny shadowed. Uh, he just totally stopped me, and that was the end of my run. All right, congrats. F. <clears throat> F. 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 Uh, F. Let's move on to Alex Black. Had the best. Yeah, so I ran hot. I ran hot as fuck. Yep. Obviously. Ah. Uh, it was the night before, and a little bird told me that I was going to play against Reinhardt in the cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, a different little bird told me that Reinhardt was playing sneak attack. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'm dead. <laughs> so, like, I stayed up. Oh, maybe it was the, maybe it was the same one. Uh, I'm not naming any names, though. But uh listen, you're full of shit. There's no birds in Minnesota in February. <laughs> so there are certainly no white squirrels. Anyway, uh <laughs> so uh yeah, so I stayed up like way too late. Um uh, I was pretty bummed. I was like thinking this is gonna be really tough. Um obviously we didn't mention it too much, but we did uh swap deck lists in the cut um for five minutes before each round, so you know, my opponents were definitely aware of my valor. Um, I don't remember exactly how I set up, but I know it was character light. Um, and Reinhardt opened sneak attack, and I think I opened maybe like March to the Wall or something. I really don't remember much about the game other than the fact that I didn't give him much. Um, in terms of like, there was no way he could blow me out turn one in, on one challenge. I had like a duped plaza um, and a market and like a guy, like a two cost guy. Um, let him make his big challenge and then I counterattacked with a Kotho um, and a Masande. And uh, the game kind of just uh, got off to the races from there. I also king plotted him pretty early on. Um, when I had gifts for the widow, I believe, and I don't know, I'm sure I'm fucking this game up, but basically the, the, the crux of it was the mirror wasn't as simple as I thought it was. Um, there's a lot of play to count the counter attack, which, uh, you know, is a bit foreshadowing here, but, um, I was able to beat Reinhardt, uh, in that game. So, uh, my next matchup, I believe I played against, uh, Luke from North Carolina. He was playing Lanny Shadows. I opened King Plot on him, blew up his red keep on turn one, and the game kind of spiraled out of control from there for him. I got really lucky. My draw was decent. His draw was probably average. Um, and there was a critical turn where he gold-roded or gold-mined his second red keep, 
instead of just playing it to the board and sort of taking another turn off. Uh, and I think if he had done that, maybe the game would have been extended. Um, top 16, I played against Joe Miranda, who's playing Bear Cohor. He set up double duped Stannis reducer and a zero Ooh. drop look at uh, economy location. Oh. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, I, about every point in this game, I thought I was dead. Yeah. Like, look, um, <laughs> top 16 was my goal. I'd made three top 32s at Worlds the previous three years. I really just wanted to get to the next step. You know, I'm here. Uh, I was thinking about what I was going to eat. I was thinking about <laughs> getting to the airport. Uh, um, but Joe just kept missing triggers. I mean, you know, Joe's a good player. He's, I mean, arguably a great player when he's when he's practiced, but he, he was obviously rusty, and he kept missing things, um, like Stannis draw triggers. He forgot Renown on Stannis with a Lightbringer in play. Um, and then even down to the last turn, where he, uh, even after all of these mistakes, I mean, I have a Drogo and a two-claim pot, and he has duped Stannis and two other characters in play. Uh, my March to the Wall has been used. Um, and I make a military challenge, and he claims the dupe and another character, and my eyes just light up, and I see, <laughs> I see a path to victory. Um, I mean, if he just claims the other two characters and then the Stannis dupe, um, you know, I, I then the valor, the valor was gone at this point. The march was gone at this point. So you got uh, by attrition, which is really the only way to get Stannis is just attrition, right? Yeah. Right. And uh and you know, even though he was up like thirteen to something, like he scooped the next turn when he wasn't gonna have a board state, which I thought was with like ten or fifteen minutes left in play, I thought actually was pretty honorable. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like like he could have probably played the game out slowly and like maybe got one on power on time, but he knew he was dead, like the game like went to a reasonable conclusion. So yeah. Very uh, my top eight game was on stream. My top game was on stream against uh, Chris Heinrich. He was playing Not to Watch Kraken. You know, even though we had exchange deck lists, uh, that Clytus with no dupe was in play on turn one. <laughs> and he wasn't playing a return to the field, so I'm not sure what he was trying to hit with the Forgotten Plans that he opened, but I opened Valor. Um, Probably thought you were going to King Plot turn one. Yeah, right? perhaps. And uh, Maybe he just forgot the Valor, like Pete... Maybe people are like deleting the valor from their memory because they don't expect you to have it even after really, they just read yeah. it. Yeah, maybe. I had a really mm -hmm. weird setup. I set up like plaza, like useless card in shadows and two two cost chuds. Like I had a it, mulligan into like it, pretty There's something so. to be said for even even when valor was really heavy in the meta, people were not opening it, right? Like we 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 were in a unique position and so was the Lanny Shadows mm -hmm. list that uh you you just have so much action economy that you can open it without crippling yourself, which is not something that any of the standard mid range decks can do. They they if they open it, they're having a really bad turn one, and their opponents having a regular turn one. So, um, yeah, right. absolutely. So on turn one, I draw back up. I draw, he has got white tree in play, uh, or an iron throne in play. Marshall's a white tree, and I have lay siege. So, I mean, the people on the cast can attest that, like, I was... You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. But also, I was sort of lobbying for cutting the Lay Siege. Don't have a lot of experience with the card. Definitely 
didn't know the interaction, which is stupid. I should have known it. Um, and it was the first time it had come up for me, but I tried, I played it in marshalling, uh, to try and blow up the white tree when of course, uh, it was already knelt and not an eligible target. Um, so I ended up having to play it on the iron throne, uh, when I could have just waited till standing phase. And as long as he doesn't name lay siege with white tree, I'm, I'm good to blow, uh, or with, uh, iron throne, I'm good to blow the white tree up. Um, it was very strange because by the time the ruling came down, we were already in plot two. He had already flipped Ravages of War. And this was a plot that I remembered when looking at his deck list, I thought was very interesting. Um, and on setup, I actually prioritized playing the Shadow of the East into play, even though it had no legal targets, because I kind of wanted him to gimp his his a turn by playing the ravages at some point thinking that perhaps i had an egg on in, in shadows um and it was just weird because by the time the ruling came down on the lay siege we were art we had already revealed our plots and there was never any discussion of going back and redoing plots so once the dupe from the iron throne was gone he then had to sacrifice a location um he sacrificed the Iron Throne and then just kind of had a middling turn and I blew the White Tree up with a uh, put to the torch that turn. So, I mean, all in all, it really, again, it came down to that Valor and just Chris not having a lot of economy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the crux of the game. After those first two turns, uh, there wasn't really... I mean, there were a few turns where he played characters out, but I would go first with two initiative and, you know, wipe the board. Um, so yeah, and then, um, I know there was on stream, I don't know, Groth, if you can attest to this, but there was some discussion that like people thought he wasn't allowed to save the Iron Throne. That wasn't the case. He saved it with the dupe and then we resolved the plot that had been revealed and he chose to sacrifice the Iron Throne to the Ravages of War trigger. Yeah. I don't know why people would think you couldn't save with the dupe. doesn't say anything. Yeah. So, um, it was weird. Or the... Yeah, the ravages of war. Yeah, this was for the yeah. Well, no, so ravages uh, is sacrifice, so, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we were resolving the lay siege. I had to choose a legal target. Yeah, Iron Throne was a legal target. I also had like a King's Red in play or something. Yeah, but like obviously I'd choose at least the Iron Throne. Yep, and uh, in that circumstance, so he got yeah. rid of the dupe. Then in basically in the same motion we resolved the ravages because that's where we were when we were stopped yeah was in the win revealed part of the plot phase yeah so it looked a lot like the iron throne kind of just went straight to the bin even yep. though the dupe came off and then the iron throne was then they, yeah, okay. sacrificed yeah absolutely so, and at the at the end of the game i apologize and people joked about if i apologize uh for sea of blooding him i wasn't apologizing for that i was apologizing because uh during the ruling uh, the judge did something which I really didn't like, but kind of said, like, it's up to your opponent, like, if <laughs> to give you the take back or not. And I kind of asked Chris, like, hey, what do you think? And I felt bad about it afterwards yeah. because I think that, like, it wasn't really Chris's responsibility to make that call there. And I felt bad about asking him. And so that's what I was apologizing for. I was yeah. apologizing for asking him if I could take the, take the take back. back. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Really, it should just like be what the floor rule is, is what should happen. Yeah. And just move forward. You just lose there, the dupe so. of the Iron Throne and move on. Yeah. 
so that's all that was. Yeah. Um, and then my top four game uh, was against Eric Green, um, and he was playing Night's Watch, Valyrian Steel, uh, another turn one Valor circumstance, um, another Lydus, Three Finger Hob setup. Oof. Um, another game where both players don't know the rules of the game. <laughs> sort of. Uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Eric flipped Barring, and then put a flea bottom alley into play and then triggered, triggered it, it. <laughs> put the character into play and drew the card. And then a spectator pointed out that barring the gates was, was play. Flat. Yep. So we had to go back and basically the way that the floor rules work, um, Eric ends up revealing his entire hand to me and I choose a card that gets shuffled back into the deck. Um, which was particularly brutal because it was it was the card he was going to put into play with the flea bottom alley, but the rest of his hand was all five and six and seven drops. No, so it, really, it really neutered his turn, um, and then from there things kind of spiraled out of control. A spectator. a spectator, the identity the identity of Sam Bratz will be kept then, hidden. Oh, come for, for third parties <laughs> protection. Yeah, they did kick Bratz out of the <laughs> out of the play area for that, but um. And then the final, where... Uh, well, that's not as bad where, as L5R. There was, like, a big turn at the end of the game, like the the final game, and they kicked the guy out, too, for saying, you know, because the judge is supposed to be their active, right, Alejandro? Um, yeah, the, the stream matches so, like, judge, that so happened. That, and, and spectators are not yeah, even... Yeah, not supposed, these uh, games. This wasn't like, on stream. They're supposed to get a judge, yeah. so the judge intervenes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to focus on that too much. No, it's yeah, not, yeah. Like, Moving on. Pertinent. I mean, obviously, yeah. if Sam doesn't mention anything to a judge, then maybe that game goes in a different direction. But if Sam mentions to a judge, and the judge comes over and tries to rectify the game state, like basically, I think the game plays out basically the same. Same way. Yep. Right. Um, Absolutely. In the final, um, I mulliganed into King's Road, but had to set up a Kotho. Uh, Francis like snap kept. He kept so fast, um, and so. <laughs> Like he kept, and you know, I know we tried. We're we're gonna get Francis on later. Unfortunately, his uh, was having some audio issue issues, so we're gonna have to do a separate uh, interview with him. But um, I should have, looking back on it, I should have opened King Plot. Um, he had a womb in play and a pretty small board, and the snap keep to me just indicated that he had a Kotho in his in his opening hand. Um, but I got a little tunnel visioned. I had the King's Road, so I opened Vanquish. And sort of a similar scenario to what happened with Reinhardt and I, I just wasn't able to quite have a explosive enough attack, and then he was able to make a big counterattack on me. Um, highly recommend going and watching the game. It was super super interesting for me. Um, there were some really hard decisions. Like I probably should have still attacked with the Kotho and forced him to defend on turn one. I think there were a lot of ways I could have played that game differently and potentially won the game. Um, even though it was kind of an overwhelming win for. Francis, that is kind of the nature of these Sea of Blood Mirrors, is like sometimes one decision, uh, you know, Reinhardt making him go first instead of me on that turn, for instance. Yeah. Um, things like that. Those kind of things end up being like really big deals in those mirrors. So Yeah. Um, Call me crazy, but I find I know people hate Targ Sea of Blood, like on a probably majority level, <laughs> but I find most of the games that were streamed over the weekend even the mirrors like fascinating to watch in a way that's more interesting than like when Greyjoy maybe was top of the meta and there was Greyjoy mirrors all the time. Like I found these games to be far more interesting to watch. 
I just think there are more variables and unknowns at play in the mirrors here. You have a lot of like cards in hand stuff that matters. Like you have womb triggers that matters. You have shadows yeah. cards that matter. Sequencing things like there's, you know, I think the fact that there's so much more unknown information when you're going into the first turn, like challenges phase in in the Tarxy Blood Mirrors, that it's just not the same thing as like putting a couple seven drops into play and like. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a yeah. there are information being. Greyjoy's yeah. not flipping five cards off the top trying to get some spicy bomb. Exactly. To like swing right. yeah. a matchup. The same so. is like how many saves do you have? Yeah. Like, yeah. Have it's just inherently more interesting. Which I'm not saying like oh makes it okay that Targ is where it's at, but like it is not as unbearable to watch from a community standpoint. I don't. Yeah, I agree. All, like, that, all that being said, yeah. all that being said, I think Kotho is probably enemy number one if they're. Uh, you know, if and when the new, a new restricted list comes out, I ha- highly expect Kotho to be on that. Um, the card I think everyone is, agrees Kotho's kind of the, the card one is offender. just. It was one thing when you literally had to say goodbye to two cards in your hand, but now there are just so many ways to recur it. Every deck, every target deck should be playing three Kotho, three Kotho, three Masande. Sometimes you're getting two characters for free. Uh, you're seeding your discard pile for overwhelming numbers. Um, it's just, it's basically just a free five cost, five strength military icon, and sometimes intrigue. That's just way above curve, uh, way above power level for the deck, and and so, you know, yeah. that was one of the big takeaways for me. Leave the rest of the deck alone, though. Yep. That's yeah. That's that's all that needs to be hit. I, I'm I'm kind of on that boat too. I mean, I think Womb eventually probably has to is too good, but like. Personally, I'd be interested to see small changes and Core see Drago. what things shake out. Let's put Core Drago on the restricted Not list. Let's Core see what Drago. let's see what happens. Please. That's gonna be I know you're gonna say dog. not Core Drogo. But... Personally, I think I personally <laughs> personally I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the restricted lists where they add two cards because those decks a lot of times go from the best deck in the format to irrelevant unless they're getting another card like Clytus. Um, but yeah, <laughs> now is the time to have this conversation per se. But uh, yeah, for me, I think Kotho was the most powerful card in my deck on the weekend. So, so to wrap that whole experience up, um, I think I was incredibly lucky. I mean, you have to be, I think, to get that far. Um, but yeah, especially that you. being said. Thanks. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> we did put a lot of work into the testing process, and I feel like if I don't have that support structure, uh, there's definitely no way that I'm able to capitalize on how fortunate I was over the course of the weekend. Yeah, it's another so, example of a group penetrating the tournament together and getting one at least one member into the finals. It's Aragorn say penetrate again. Peanut, <laughs> I mean penetrate. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, congratulations. The again. people finally uh, got, that? after like 90 minutes of listening, they finally got what they really wanted. They wanted say, that. Not saying penetrate. Penetrate. Um, yeah, congratulations again. Uh, any last words, guys? Well, I just want to say uh, weekend as a whole. I, 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 I plan on this not being my last words as far as game of thrones is concerned um, god damn it <laughs> uh 
and I just uh, it was it was definitely something we're going into the event. Um, I was unsure. I was unsure where I, where I was at with the game. Um, obviously, having an incredibly successful weekend, um, and then that includes all of the success of the people I prepared with and my friends uh, helps. But I think um, I think I just it felt like uh, it didn't feel like a wake, you know, like it didn't feel like a funeral. Like I was going there kind of expecting it to have that feel. And not with my unflappable positivity. (laughs) And it just, it just felt like a normal worlds. And for me that said, like this game's not, we haven't done everything we can do with this game. And so would you say that not all the design space has been covered? I would definitely say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my takeaway, right? Is like, I don't know what capacity I'll be in around, but I definitely have no intention of being done, which was not necessarily something I thought I'd be saying yeah, today. Yeah, definitely. Last week. Maybe I just didn't see it, but it didn't seem like anyone there was in a state of mind where they were like, oh, this is it. Like, I'm never going to see these people again. Like, nobody thought that. Everyone was having a great time. Everyone had, like, I mean, the people who you expected to do well did well. Like, super props to Francis for pulling through that field. Like, especially, like, I'm kind of glad that, like, the last official Worlds had, like, this murderer's row of a cut. But, like, and and we're always just like, well, oh, we want an American to win or we want a European to win. And then, like, Francis is just like, fuck you guys, Canada wins this year. Like, that was great. Um, it was nice seeing somebody like probably not I mean, super was, expected first to win take it I down think it, as well. I think that that would be fair to say that he was not expected to to win going in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I mean he played really clean games from what I can tell. Um, he ended up beating Tom in the cut, uh, which we didn't really talk much about how McKenzie did, but he made the cut and then uh, won his first game. I think lost to to Francis in the top thirty two. But yeah, I mean, Francis had to play a whole host of of great players on his way to win. So really, congratulations to him. Uh, We intend on doing an interview with him uh, soon. So yeah, it might even um, be on this episode. It depends on how long it takes me to hopefully that put it together. All nine fucking takes of this thing. (laughs) 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 Woo! Yeah, I mean, it was a great weekend. Obviously, it it winter came on Sunday, which was pretty interesting. It we came like, all over us. We got like a foot of snow that night and that morning, and uh, and the tournament. I mean, it's still fired, and I think everyone showed up. So there was a DQ based on uh, a deck issue, but other than that, like I'm mo- mostly looking at focusing on the positive things about the event. Um, you know, I I, can, I will say I was I am. A little feeling a little wistful about not going back to ffg center i know pe- for all the people shit people talk about it like i have a lot of really good memories there um so that'll be a little weird but uh overall great weekend um you know and super happy for and looking forward to the stuff that's that's yet to come so the blank nope. to mm-hmm. come nope nope <laughs> oh my god no Damn, Damn, boy. Boy. Damn, boy. <laughs> That's a big boy. Big ass boy. Oh, God. <clears throat> well, we wrapping this so. boy up? Yeah. <laughs> we wrapping this thick boy up? It is. This Jesus. is a thick episode. This episode is thick. 
Damn. The fucking reserve value on this episode is not zero. Dog, it is. Boy. It's a thick ass reserve. Thick boy. Well, uh, I mean, I don't think we really know no, a catchphrase no, or whatever yet, but, uh, you know. You, you've been <laughs> hanging out with Triple H and the Mongoose. The motherfucking Mongoose. And don't forget to check your reserve. Check your reserve, uh, baby. Have a good night. Zero reserve. Part. Oh my gosh. Eight. What happened? Why are they barking like that? Alex, go. Do the sad music. Go. So Kevin Austin rented a car for a single day. Went all these great places. We had the juiciest of Lucy's. And then we went back the next day to return Kevin's car and pick up my car rental. Where unfortunately, my debit card was declined. (laughs) Not because I'm broke, even though, you know, I'm not rich or anything, but because there was a fucking account level error on my debit card. And, uh, bro, who's running your bank? Yeah, well, the people over on Whidbey Island. I blame you. You should have known. On the, I don't know what they're doing on the island, but you should have known when the first question on the questionnaire for the rental was, "Have you ever played combo in this city before?" Shit. <laughs> and you checked yes. So then, so then, Kevin Austin, the hero of this entire trip, rents another car for the rest of the week and as we're leaving in the exact same model car we had the previous day (laughs) I turn to Kevin and I say 